welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate it. Today, we've got a special guest on today, the king of positivity, the guy that is just always smiling and runs a lot, is into fitness, loves hunting, especially bow hunting, and his name is Mike Merrill. If you haven't seen him on Instagram, you should go check him out. Uh, I'll leave the description or the links down in the description box below. And you should definitely go check him out. He's such an awesome guy. Even if you're not into hunting, just go uh, feed off of his positivity. And I just want to say thank you to everyone that continues to tune in every week. I really appreciate it. We have some good guests lined up. And uh, things are getting better. Things are improving. And I'm taking your feedback and implementing it. And thank you so much for uh, for all your feedback and questions and everything that I'm getting on the side. Uh, and yeah, so uh, any of my, any of the companies that I work with that I've used their products and I trust, and I would recommend to you, uh, check out in the description link below or description box below for the links. I also want to definitely push the Redbeard fit crew. So the Redbeard's fit crew, the page is based on Facebook. I'll leave the link in the description below as well. And for the Redbeards Fit Crew, it's a group, a community in there that we just help each other out with our fitness goals. Uh, we lift each other up. There's different challenges that we do, uh, some giveaways that I do for each challenge. And I post in there every day. I want you there so that we can go ahead and work out those kinks before New Year's comes around. And we can get started on your goals for fitness, nutrition, health. If you're a hunter, to get you back on the mountain as soon as possible. If you need some rehab, uh, things that we can do things that I've worked through personally uh, to get back to where my shoulders are at full strength and where they need to be. And so, yeah, I'd love to have you on there. Check out that link in the description below, or if you just want to look me up on Facebook, it's Redbeards Fit Crew. Uh, also on Instagram at red.beard.outdoors. Go check that out. I post there every day and uh, send me a message if you need to, uh, any questions that you have or feedback from this podcast. And yeah, uh, that's about it for, for what I've got for you guys before we get into this awesome interview here with Mike and hope you enjoy it as much as I did making it. So without further ado, here's Mike Merrill. All right. Well, we've got here Michael Merrill. You go by Mike, right? For Mike? Yeah, Mike works. My, my for... mom or my wife call me Michael when they're upset or frustrated. So <laughs> I get called Michael a lot. <laughs> that's awesome but, we'll go with mike because i'm not frustrated with you so <laughs> sounds good not yet right if, if you right. change it to michael towards the end then we'll both know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> exactly so we got mike here mr king of positivity um he's michael merrill on is it michael t merrill on instagram yeah yep awesome and i love i love following his stuff he's stacking challenges he's all about positivity and challenging himself and he's a family man he loves hunting so I uh, just want to kind of give that brief intro and then uh, we'll let you tell us a little bit about yourself, Michael. Um, oh, wait a minute. There we go. Oh, you're, oh, we're still, oh, oh, he's ticked already. I haven't I'm said all, a dang word and you're already. I, I'm all being professional over here. All right, Mike, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, but where, you know, where'd all this come from? Uh, so I, um, I grew up in a big family. I'm, I'm one of, uh, 13 children. Um, and, uh, yeah. So one mom, one dad, that's it. So always had uh, a lot of people around, and as you could imagine, in a big home with a with a lot of kids, you you gotta you got to uh, hold your head up high, and you got to fight and scrap and 
do whatever you can to, to make sure you get your share, you know, let alone anything extra. So I just grew up, you know, having to work hard and be diligent to earn whatever I could. And I think, I think that along with uh, just great parents grew up in a, a very religious home and good structure. My mom made us breakfast every morning before school. She was a homemaker all growing up, um, packed us a lunch, always had dinner together as a family. You know, my dad got home from work, we'd all eat together. So it was kind of like the leave it to beaver type scenario, uh, which is, you know, kind of gone the way of the dodo, it seems in modern society. But I think that's added a lot of structure to maybe the fiber of, of how I was raised and who I've become that way. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I just try and uh, lean on the bright side and, and look towards things that are positive whenever I have the opportunity. So that's awesome. Your parents took it uh, not cheaper by the dozen, but cheaper by the baker's dozen, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then they went and doubled down and uh, adopted also. So they had 13 natural born children and then, and then we adopted one. My parents used to be foster parents. We'd take in uh, babies for anywhere from a few days or weeks to months. And, and uh, this, this little girl we had for about two years and decided that um, we would just try and adopt her from the state and we're able to do that. So um, yeah, just a, as you can imagine, just a home full of a lot of love and, uh, and good things. So I think that that really helped me have, have that foundation. So yeah, that definitely, that takes a special kind of parent to, to be able to do 13, I guess, 14, have 14 kids. And you said there was foster kids as well that um, came in and out. Yep. Yeah. For quite a few years, they would, uh, they worked for basically it was a volunteer for LDS social services, um, just, you know, uh, drug babies or really young teen pregnancy mothers that, that were uh, putting the baby up for adoption, possibly we would take care of that child until it was placed and uh, boys, girls, um, some had handicaps or health issues and just whatever, whatever the case, uh, my mom was always happy to bring them in. And, and I grew up, you know, helping change diapers and take care of, you know, we all just pitched in. So that's just, that's kind of how it was. So. Um, that's yeah. crazy, man. I, I still can't imagine that. Cause I'm, I'm the oldest of five and I thought that was a lot, you know, and then uh, yeah. that's not even half of what you guys had in the house. So yeah, That's my crazy. parents were just getting started at five. <laughs> That's, yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, um, so I just kind of wanted to, I want to ask you a little bit more too about like, how did you even get started on, uh, did you just start posting things? Did you have like an idea of where you wanted this to be after, you know, when you started posting things on Instagram or you just wanted to share what your life was like, where did that all start? I mean, honestly, it's just me. I, I really, um, I mean, Gosh, going back a long time. I mean, I every because our family was so big. Um, I remember when we when I was really little, like kindergarten up to kindergarten, we lived in one home, and uh, I mean we just outgrew it, and then we outgrew the next one, and then we outgrew the next one, and then pretty soon that one was too big <laughs> because the kids started getting older. So, so we moved four or five times while I was growing up. So I've always had, I, I know a lot of people um, in this valley. I've moved and lived within about a 30 or 40 mile radius in this county, um, in this part of Utah. And so, um, just knew a lot of people. And so social media was a great way to connect with them. And, um, I, in fact, I think I joined Facebook in 2007. I, I think there were like, I don't know, it seemed like there was only like five or six, less than 10,000 people on it when I was first introduced to me. Um, and so, 
I thought that was amazing. And, uh, and I just started there and kept in touch with people. And then I found it to be a really great way to just get to know people. And once I started running and doing other things, uh, outdoors and whatnot, I just love sharing that with people. And, and it's just continued to evolve to where, you know, it's just become a, a, a fun place to share what I'm doing, what I'm working on and, and follow many others that are fantastic and very inspirational to me as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, the first time I was introduced to you was through um, Dan from Elk Shape when he, he reposted something that you did last year. And I was like, I was like, man, if it's, if Dan's reposting you, you, you shook something up because he doesn't repost just anyone. And <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so that's, that's when I started following you. I was like, okay, this guy's pretty cool. And um, I think this year we, we connected and realized we're going to be going to Elk Shape camp together uh, here in, in February. It's only two months away. It's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be um, awesome. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, I remember last year at Elk Shape Camp, it was in March and I was, or maybe it was beginning of April, something like that. And I just remember thinking like, I'm so ready for elk season, my first elk season. I'm so stoked. And like, it's here and gone and we're already back at Elk Shape Camp in two months. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, I kind of wanted to shift gears a little bit. I just want to know a little bit more about you as far as like, uh, you know, you've got a family, you've got a wife, you've got kids, I imagine. Yep, I do. Four kids. Uh, that my oldest two are married. Uh, I got three girls and a boy. Um, my oldest daughter is married and has a baby. So I was made a grandfather about a year ago uh, on November 23rd. So we're we're just uh, the middle of December now. So about 13 months ago. Um, so we had our first grandbaby join the family. And then uh, my son, uh, I have one son and he's uh, he's just barely got married this last summer. And, and then I have a daughter that's in her second year of college and she was going down to Dixie state down in Southern Utah for her first year. And then she decided to move back up here and she's going to UVU here locally and, and living at home. We actually, we loved having her back. Actually, it's, it's a lot of fun. And then our youngest is almost 16 and, uh, and she's, you know, a sophomore in high school at Salem Hills. That's awesome. So basically you learned from your parents and you're like, I I'm good with four. <laughs> yeah. My, my wife had seven, uh, there were seven kids in her family, which is still a, a pretty decent sized family. And, and that was, you know, that was a lot probably for her. And, and, uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, I would, uh, love more kids, but also I, I also am a realist. Um, even though I'm an optimist, I try and be realistic, and, uh, that's, I only get, I get about 43% of the say in that. And so, <laughs> so, so we were good with four and, uh, yeah, we're, yeah, have a tight knit family and, and, uh, just, you know, love being a dad, love being a, a husband, a father and a provider. So it's, uh, it's what I was born to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I love that thought of, you know, it's some people are cut out to have, you know, the bigger families and, and I knew for me personally, growing up, that was one thing I knew I'd always be, I, well, there were two things I knew I was always going to go on a mission and I knew I would be a dad period. Like those are the two things that like were not even questions in my mind. Um, you know, and so for me, we've kind of got to this point where my wife had three previous kids uh, before we got married and, uh, but I've taken them on as, as my own, um, their dad's not in the picture right now. And so, uh, I call them mine. So we have five kids. And, uh, and at, at this point, like we've had that discussion where we're like, do we want, do we feel like we need another one? And, and uh, we're just kind of like, no, we, we feel like we can give, we don't want to 
gyp any of them right of any of the the attention that they need and and so i think that's i think that's a good discussion to have for anyone out there that's listening and is having that discussion it's a good discussion to have you don't just go and uh, do it on the fly right um kids are no joke you got them for 18 years and plus some (laughs) you're right yeah you're a you're a parent forever so Mm -hmm um that's uh, there's no trade backs on that one so you yeah it's important, <laughs> thoughtful and, and responsible for sure no definitely that's awesome so uh and then what are some things that you do like uh, have you always been into the outdoors uh, growing up and then i mean with your family with your kids as they were growing up and you've still got one at home um that's kind of more in your control even though she's 16 um, not really in your control, <laughs> but yeah, what, yeah. what do you guys do to get outside? How do you, how do you incorporate that into your family life? Yeah. So we do, we love to, we love to go on hikes, especially my, all my family loves hikes. My wife just loves hikes. She loves running. She loves the outdoors. Um, my, my kids for the most part really love nature and animals and <clears throat> which is, that's how I grew up. I mean, I was, I had, you can't even believe, I mean, I had, there were times I'd, 30 or 40 snakes at one time, like just, you know, every window. Well, you know, I was always catching stuff, you know, frogs and lizards and I had rabbits and pet mink that I'd caught and just whatever it was, I was just fascinated with wildlife in general. Um, I've always loved the outdoors. Um, I was a boy scout, you know, growing up and loved those programs and, and camping and, and the, you know, the 50 mile hikes and, uh, the hundred mile bike rides and all of those things. I was always very engaged in anything physical that was challenging. And I'm, I'm super competitive. I'm mostly with myself, but also don't want anybody else to ever beat me either. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've, I've probably tempered that quite a bit now. I really, I just don't care that much. I mean, I've always loved sports, loved being involved in them. You know, I like the jazz and I like, you know, NFL football and college football and, but, you know, it's funny, the, as I get older, um, the last few years, even the World Series, and I love baseball. I mean, I was all about it. I wanted to try and play somewhere or play college, and it just didn't work out with, you know, my life. And so, um, so I, once I realized that, you know, I got to, I got to pour my passion into other things, it was, it was a no brainer. It was easy for me to get outside and, um, you know, focus on hunting and uh that's that's something that i've always loved um even when i was very young way, way too young to hunt that's all i ever wanted to do and uh so i just was naturally drawn to it for whatever reason so that's that's a really good point too uh, as far as being naturally drawn so you bring up one aspect where you love animals you love nature you love being out there but then the other side of you you love hunting and you've always been drawn to that um i've tried to explain it to people because, you know, I'm sure you've gotten this question too. If you love animals so much, why do you want to kill them? Right. Uh, that's kind of that, that question gets phrased many different ways. Um, but how do you explain that to people that you love nature, you love animals, but also you enjoy hunting? Yeah. So um, to me, and I actually, I've just the last couple of days, I had this exact same in fact last night at a family Christmas party, I had this exact question. And my niece said, what, what's your favorite animal? And, and I said, well, it has to be elk. And she said, because you love to kill them. And I said, no, no, I, I, I actually don't like to kill them at all. It, it's not about killing them. Um, I respect them. I revere them. I appreciate them. 
um, I, I watch and observe wildlife year round. You know, I go um, look at deer and elk and moose and mountain goats and anything I can find in the mountains. I just love watching them. I, I, I run trail cameras um, a lot of times all year round in different places. And I just, I just love everything about them. Uh, pulling a trigger or releasing an arrow, that's like a sliver of 1% of anything to do with what I love and appreciate about them. And even the process of hunting. I mean, hunting is, it's just a lot of grit and hard work. It's, it's dedication. It's, it's, it's really pouring your heart and soul and everything that you are made of into um, a goal and a passion and something that ultimately is something that gives you the ability to provide for your, for your family, even their food. I mean, it's in its essence, it's the most pure form of providing. And I think, you know, if you look at the cave drawings, um, you know, from, from ancient American Indians or other places, the hunter was, they were the mighty warrior. They were the, they were the most revered. And it was because they provided sustenance for their family and for their village and for their people. And so to me, it still means that to me, I mean, that, that meets just, uh, it's, I don't know how else to say it, but it's sacred to me. And so um, that elk or that deer or that antelope or whatever it is that I'm hunting, uh, when it when it falls to my arrow or a bullet or whatever method or means that I, that I took the animal with, I'm going to respect it. I'm going to care for it. I'm not, you know, it doesn't make me happy um, to take its life, but I am grateful and I'm thankful. And it gives me the opportunity to bring that back. And to me, hunting is just taking responsibility for getting my own meat, my own food for my family. And I, I cook it, I wrap it, I cut my own. I don't take it to the butcher. I mean, my, I've got my mom's cousin owns a butcher shop not too far down the road. And when I was younger, I'd take stuff there. But once I learned how to process it and, and do everything on my own, I just love it. And it's because I'm, I'm, providing reverence to, uh, to that harvest all the way through that process, all the way to, and I give it away to some of my neighbors. And I had a neighbor a, a few years back, I gave them some elk roast. They were all excited. They thought it sounded great. And they didn't, they didn't totally love it. And they told me that I gave them some, I gave them part of a beef that I had too, that was, uh, given to me for a gift. And, and, uh, they loved that, but, uh, man, it broke my heart to hear. I mean, sounds cheesy, but Oh, I actually, I was kind of pissed too, <laughs> but I, but I really was like, made me sad. I'm like, dang, they didn't really like, I, they probably fed it the dogs. I don't even, I don't, you know, I don't even know. Right. I don't think they appreciated it. And so I, I thought about that quite a bit and, and I, I realized, you know, I just am so honored to have had the opportunity to pursue those amazing creatures. And when I, put all that work and sweat and blood and tears and time into it. And then I'm successful. Then it's worth 10 times what it was, you know, even prior. So it's really about the experience and me really fulfilling my core purpose, my primal reason for being here. And that is to provide for my family that I brought here and these children that I brought, you know, into this life. And um, so that's where it comes from, even if they're gone and I'm still going to hunt, I'm still going to enjoy it. I'm still going to share it. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the way I'd explain it. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Cause you know, and I agree with that, that way of explaining it because it's more personal rather than trying to say, Oh, well, conservation, blah, blah, blah. It goes in one ear and out the other. When you try and explain that to people, they don't, they don't understand their, how that makes sense at all. You know, and when you try and speak that way to them, they just, they don't get it. So um, I have that same discussion with my kids because um, they ask, you know, this year I, I had a doe permit um, and my daughter was a little shocked. She was like, well, you killed the mommy. Mm. And, you know, and we had to have that discussion of, well, me personally, now, obviously this isn't a requirement for every hunter, but when I go out, I make sure there's no fawns with them or calves or whatever sure. animal it is that there's no babies there that are being, you know, that the mom would leave stranded. Um, and so we had that discussion. It's, it's really interesting to see the little five-year-old uh, wheels turning in their head when they, when they talk to me about hunting, but, but yeah, that's, that's a great explanation. I appreciate that. Um, and as far as being a provider, uh, I think that's awesome. Now, you know, everyone can say, you go to the grocery store, you can go get some meat there. It's I'm not paying the same someone thing, else. I'm right? paying someone else to do my killing and, you know, factory farming or, I mean, that's gross, actually. It's, it's really, that's yep. depressing. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and having those discussions as well. I, um, we actually got, we, we usually buy like a third of a cow, um, from, cause my wife, I love her to death that she won't eat game meat just cause she knows where it came from, you know? And so that's, yeah. it's a whole mental thing, but, um, we usually buy like a third of a cow from a local butcher that's mm-hmm. checks all the boxes, you know, organic grass fed free sure. range, like, and so that's as, as close that I feel like that you can get, um, to supporting local business, but also not supporting that, that whole industry of factory farming mm-hmm. and, uh, and it not, not necessarily being game meat, but I, I agree. It's, it's kind of hard to hear, um, when people don't prepare or have had, uh, bad experiences with game meat because someone didn't know how to prepare the meat. And, and that's the interesting thing too, is you can overcook a piece of beef and if it has enough fat in it, it's still going to taste all right. Yep. But if you don't take that care to, to take care of the game meat, you know, whether it be venison, antelope, um, you know, elk, moose, whatever it is, like you can overcook it really quick. And so I think it's, I think it's kind of really interesting that you take all this time to prepare to go for the hunt, take all the time on the hunt and you have that reverence for it. You, you butcher the meat and then, uh, and then you also have to take the time preparing it. Like it's all, it's, it, it takes longer, but it, in my opinion, it's a lot more rewarding. You have the story behind it. You have, you know, the experiences and everything else behind it too. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so you mentioned a couple of things that kind of drive you on a daily basis. Uh, obviously your family is, is a big one and providing for them. Um, but what, what would be two other things that you would say when you wake up in the morning um, that gets you moving? I, I just, I have this uh, deep rooted desire to try and just be better, um, to be my best. And I feel like that's a, you know, it's a pursuit I'll never achieve uh, in this life. I'm sure I keep trying. Um, I stumble sometimes, but, but I, I win because I get back up. And, and that to me is the key to all of it. It's that you've got to keep moving forward and it doesn't matter what I'm doing. And my wife, she'll has me sometimes because if I say I'm going to do it, it, it's like, I don't change my mind. Like that's, that's all there is. Like it's over, <laughs> like it lock and key it's done. It, the deadbolt's on, like it's, that's what it is. 
Um, and so, but I, but that comes more, you know, and that bleeds over into other things in my life where maybe I don't have to be so staunch, but, but, um, but I just, I just feel like once I set my mind to something and if I say, this is what I'm going to do, then that's, I just have to do that. And, um, I think it's important that we don't overcommit ourselves, right? We shouldn't be saying that we're going to do something that we, that we truly can't, uh, because that's, you know, now you're, now you're sacrificing integrity. And that's not what we need to be doing to lead our family and, and to take care of business. So for me, um, I just don't want to get to the end of this life and feel like I left anything out on the mountain or on the table, or, you know, I want to, I want to leave it all out on the field, have all the experience and, and great um, just effort that I can. And I feel like if I do that, then I'm respecting and reverencing the life and the blessings and the opportunity that, that God has given to me. And, and I feel like, um, you know, I'll be a profitable servant if I do that. If I don't, then, <clears throat> then I feel like I was ungrateful and I was an unprofitable servant. And I, I don't want that reward. I want, I want the bigger one that, that is eternal and fulfilling. Love it. That's, that's awesome. And that's a great way. I, I love how you describe that, you know, being a, being a servant isn't necessarily laying down and taking what's given to you, right? It, it's, it's being out there and being proactive and, and getting after things. And, and I also think it's funny that your, your wife gets on to you for that. Cause my wife is the same way. She's like, you know how I know it's not on your list because you haven't done it yet. <laughs> and like, and that's, it's just funny. Cause she's like, you know, sometimes I just wish this would make it up here on the list because I know yeah. you would do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, if she had control of that list, this is, there'd be some different things going on around here, but right. <laughs> it might not be in quite as good a shape or <laughs> yep, exactly. Very good with my bow. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. It's funny. Um, but yeah, so, so cool. So moving, moving into, you mentioned your bow just now. Um, obviously that's a big part of your life too. Uh, you, uh, from what I understand, you started rifle hunting, which most people do. Um, but then you moved into your bow and you haven't looked back. Um, what, what's, what do you enjoy so much about bow hunting and shooting your bow in general? Well, the, the first thing, I mean, that really got me started and I, I, I started that dedicated hunter program that Utah had. It was like, I it was first or second year that they came out with it. And, um, I was working construction at the time and, busy. I'd start on my own business. So I was a general contractor building homes and just seemed like always work was always getting in the way of me trying to go hunting. And even when I go to Wyoming or I'd go to Idaho or I'd have to come back early and set trusses or, and sometimes it's like, man, we're on this great buck and we found this and, and I, I'm leaving my hunting buddies back and I'm running back to set trusses, you know, and it just was frustrating that, that, uh, work or other things could get in the way of what I was excited about all year and couldn't wait to do. And so, um, it was more about opportunity initially, so I could hunt more and the season started earlier and it was longer. And so I thought, well, I'm going to give this a try. I, I enjoyed archery. I mean, I, I never really had a, like a compound bow or anything. I, mean, I had a little bow growing up and, you know, would mess around with, with, you know, in the neighborhood when you're, when you're little with a little fiberglass bow and arrow. And I'd always actually like that, or I'd go to a party and we'd have one in an archery range. And I just loved that, but I, I never had a bow. My parents never bought me one, you know, I had to, had to buy most of my own stuff. So I just didn't really have anybody to mentor or help me. Um, and when I got 
was was dating my who's now my wife when I was dating uh, my girlfriend at the time her her dad and brothers would bow hunt and so I got talking to them about it and you know started started getting intrigued and then we'd had family reunions where they'd bring their bows and targets and and so I'd shoot their bow didn't really fit me and I mean I made it work but I thought, well, I'm just going to get my own. So I did. And after I went out that very first, I mean, it was like the first day of the deer hunt when I had my bow and I, I just saw more deer. I got closer to more deer. I, the deer were, they weren't afraid. They weren't running. So, you know, so skittishly, like they did all the time with a rifle hunt. Uh, as you know, in Utah, the, once that rifle hunt starts, I mean, you got a hundred thousand of the pumpkin patch orange army out there in the hills and it can be a little crazy. So, um, so I just felt like it was a great advantage, but once I started and really got into it, I realized, wow, like this is, this is like a bottomless pit of, of improvement and opportunity to grow and to improve. And, and even when you do everything right, the deer or the elk can duck your string or can go the wrong way or the wind can switch or you can do everything by the book and it still doesn't always work out. And I just feel like it's the greatest parallel in life that I've ever found. I mean, more than any sport, more than, more than anything that I know about bow hunting, you know, I hear people say bow hunting is life and I think they mean it differently, but I think there's a great parallel to, uh, to life in archery. And so I just love, um, digging into that and trying to overcome and, and win with my bow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. The orange army's out there pretty, pretty consistently. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as, yeah, going from, you know, with, with rifle shooting, I think it'd be cool to get into long range target shooting um, eventually. Uh, but for me, I noticed, and I grew up around guns and um, in North Carolina, where I'm from, I have a lifetime hunting and fishing license. My grandpa oh, nice. gifted that to me when I was born um, before they stopped selling them. And so I went out a couple of times with a rifle and sitting in a stand with a rifle, just did, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And no one in my family bow hunted. So um, I could see me going back and sitting in the stand with a bow, um, but having a rifle where there were like literally lanes cut out where there's a salt lick at the end here and feed at the end here. And I'm like, like I, it just didn't feel right. Well, challenge, just, yeah. Yeah. But I did, I, I did use the, the fishing license a ton. That was a lot of nice. fun out there, but um, anyway, yeah. So with a rifle, I just feel like you can dial in a rifle and as long as you don't put into some major crash or whatever um, it's going to stay dialed and you mm -hmm. could put that on anyone else and, and you just teach them how to pull a trigger. Right. And they could shoot just as well, you know, and, and nothing against rifle hunters or anything like that, but it's not as challenging. And I, you sound like me where you enjoy that challenge and you, you like that, you know, what Dan says, always be tinkering. And yep. I love that phrase that you can always, you can always change your arrow setup. You can always mess with the fletchings. You can always mess with the string. Uh, you know, I just recently added a, a nose button to mine. And I was like, I don't yep. know if I'm going to like this or not. And I love it because it helps me anchor better, you know, just yep. little tweaks like that, that are constantly out there um, that you can always do. And I can't shoot my rifle in the backyard. <laughs> right <laughs> you know? exactly yeah. seriously though we're in my buddy's garage right after a workout you know um but yeah i love it man and i, I love that that analogy because it is you can constantly it's an endless pit of of progress that you can go down and and even if you do everything 100 right um there's always something else 
Yeah. And speaking of that, I, I kind of want to share a story um, about that that happened this weekend. Sure. I, uh, so I went up elk hunting and uh, it's late season. It, the snow was knee deep or thigh deep. And um, it was fun. It, it was a lot of hard work. And I, I, I anyway, I got up to these elk. I got to within 100 yards of them. It was perfect. Wind was in my face. They were all dead asleep, bedded. Like it was nice. just perfect, perfect scenario. And, uh, and, and my heart's racing, you know, I was like 24 cows in front of me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to fill my tag. Finally, I'm going to do this. And, and, uh, and then one of them perks up and I was like, there's no way, like, she didn't see me. She didn't hear me. She didn't smell me. Like what is going on? And then she stands up and I'm like dead still not even breathing, you know? And yeah. I'm sure you've been in those situations oh, yeah. before. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what is in my mind's racing? You know, I'm like, do I knock and like, do I, do I shoot? Uh, no, I don't want to shoot that far. And then uh, she barks and all 24 of them pop up. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I'm done. And I thought she had me pegged because she, it looked like she was looking straight through me. And um, anyway, then I hear an arrow go off. Oh, wow. And there was Ooh. another archer up there 50 yards in front of me. Oh, I know. Right. The one (laughs) other guy on that mountain (laughs) and, and it it turned into a positive experience. Like he missed, it sucks. Cause I was like, dude, I would have packed it out with you. I would have helped you out. But anyway, it was his, he came from Minnesota and just barely moved to Utah. And this was his first time ever seeing elk in person. Oh, so I'm like, well, I don't blame you for missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and, and his story was funny too, from his perspective, but yeah, just going back to your analogy of like, you can do everything, right. Everything that you, you know, I prepared more than a year for this, like for that very moment and something out of my control, like someone else being up on the mountain with me, that just, wow. it's life, you know? Right. And then how do you take that? Like I could have been pissed. I could have turned yep. around, stomped down the mountain, Right. told him to F off and right. how dare he, but you know, it's public land and we're it's fair chase. Like, and we had a great chat and I made a new friend, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I really like that analogy of, of how it can be with life. Cause same thing, life throws things at you. Um, like 13 kids <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yeah. and, and your parents took it, you know, and they, and they went, it sounds like they were very loving parents and, and they raised you right. And, and they, they taught you really good lessons that, that have incorporated into your entire life. And uh, yeah, I would definitely say bow hunting definitely is a, is a good comparison to that. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit more, you know, again, knowing that you really like challenges. Um, tell me about 75 hard. How's that going so far for you? Oh man, it's uh, it's actually amazing. It's going awesome. I I'm loving it. Um, it, it um, I mean, it's not hard for me really yet. Um, it, it is, it is a great challenge and it's more about structuring everything else around you to make sure that you accomplish all these things. Like no one of the tasks for me is difficult at all. You know, I love to read, but I get in and out of that habit sometimes. So I'll go six months or a year without really pouring into some good books. And, and I love to read every time I do it, I'm like, I need to get reading more and then I just get busy and I don't, you can only cram so much in a day. So it's just the mental side of it for me is by far the, that's the victory so far. It's just recognizing the things that I can do to ensure my success. And that's, that's all the other choices leading up to that choice. Like when I got up, you know, I didn't want to wake up at five forty-five this morning. I really didn't. 
you know, and, and I laid back down for probably 30 seconds and thought, there's no way I'm going back to sleep because I've got to, I got to go get my workout in. And it was just, there's just no question. But if I wasn't doing this and if I didn't have that, that kind of goal in mind, I, you know, who knows, maybe I'd doze back off. And so I just love that it's teaching me again, what I've already learned before, but in a different structure where it's not just working out. It's not just eating right. It's not just, it's two workouts and one's got to be outside and the reading of the book and then the drinking of the water. And, you know, I drink a lot of water, but you know, I like diet Coke or soda pop too sometimes. And, and, and so I could just as easily drink twice as much of that as the water, but it, it's just, if I were to sum the whole thing up so far for me, I absolutely love and respect and appreciate the intentionality of all of it. I'm doing it all on purpose. None of it's on accident. Um, the biggest thing for me that's, that's been a change. Cause I already, I already love working out. I love running trail running. I love sweating, getting physical. I love, I love hard things. I, I really do. I've grown to actually crave doing things that are difficult. And, and so that's for at least me, isn't my hurdle, but like tracking macros, I've never done that in my life. I I've always razzed my wife cause she she's done it, you know, over the years, she's looking at the labels and reading this and at the grocery store. And I'm like, babe, we've been buying this stuff for like 10 years and you're reading the label again. Like what? And it's just, she's processing like, okay, do I want this or do I want that? Or do I, you know, just depending on how she's feeling or what's going on. Um, she's aware of those things. She's, she's very healthy. And I, I've been more like, you know what, I'll just work out an extra 20 minutes and I'll burn that off. That's what I do. I'll still eat it, but I'll burn it off. And with this, I, I can't do that. I got to stick to my diet. So I've, I've really, really enjoyed that. And, and, uh, and I, I'm sure there will be days that it's, that's a lot more difficult. I've got some trade shows coming up for work. Um, elk shape camp. I think I'll just about be done right before that starts. But, uh, you know, there's, I've got quite a few, you know, Christmas, new year's, we host a big party and I love, I usually make all this, you know, jalapeno poppers stuffed with, you know, cream cheese and wrapped in bacon. And, you know, and I got the Traeger going and I make cinnamon rolls and there's all these things that I have as a tradition that I really like to do that, that won't fit into this program for me. And so if I do it, it's going to be for other people. And that's what I've been doing so far. I've just been enjoying them, you know, doing their thing. And I'm over here chawing on a, you know, thing of broccoli, you know? So anyway. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I, so I, I did 75 hard last year. So wait, what day are you on right now? Uh, I just, today was day 16. I just finished. Okay. So um, I'm going to have to hear from you around day 50. Okay. <laughs> Cause I know you'll get there. Yeah. I know you'll get there. Um, and for me, that was the thing. Like, so I didn't, I didn't fail on either of the two times I've done 75 hard. I came really close and both times was around day 50, somewhere between yeah. 45 and 50. It just like, it gets to this point where you're like, why am I doing this again? And you kind of have to have a gut check, you know? Um, and so the first time I did it, I didn't realize it was a whole program of mm -hmm. live hard. I didn't know there was a phase one, two, three afterwards. And so I did 75 hard and I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to do it again next year. And 
halfway through the year, I realized there was other three phases. I was like, Oh shoot. So um, this year I, you know, I started the year off 75 hard. Um, I finished, I want to say it was phase one or I was in the middle of phase one during elk shape camp. And um, right now I'm in, I just started phase three and the, the thing that's stretching my limits right now, like I don't have a problem talking to people, but like, because I have, I know a lot of people it's, it's stretching me even more to have to go out and meet another person. Cause that's oh. part of phase three is you have to meet okay. and have an actual conversation, not just say hi to someone at the grocery store, oh, but have an actual conversation with a random person yeah. in person. You yeah. can't just like message or call someone up on Instagram. Like it's gotta be in person and it has, and also the random act of kindness every yep. day. Um, for, for us, the last two days, I've made my kids help me rake other people's yards, nice. <laughs> but cool. right. So just things like that. So that I love that it stretches, you know, my, my limits, um, a little bit because how easy it is, how, how easy it is for us to, to go to the grocery store and put our head down and, or just talk with our wife, um, or our kids and stay so focused in our own little world that we don't reach out to, to someone else or, um, like the other day I saw someone struggling to get the chips off the top rack because she just wasn't tall enough. And I still had to climb and go get it. But the fact that I was like, Hey, I'll go get it for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> things like that, that you wouldn't normally do. I, I do love that about the program. And, um, I like what you're saying that it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily hard, but it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you too. There's days where you wake up, especially you doing trail running. I hate running like that's not for me, <laughs> but you obviously love it or you just you're, I don't know, masochistic in a way. I don't, you enjoy <laughs> yeah. pain. There's some obsession going on. Of some right. Sort, but, yeah. um, but, you know, I could see you waking up and being like, man, this is warm blanket and it's raining outside. I don't want to be out there running right yeah. now. Um, I could see that. And that, that's awesome that you still got up and, and got after it. So I'm glad you're enjoying it, but yeah, I definitely want to check in with you again around day 50 or so and see how you're, yeah, I don't want to be naive feeling. about it. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be those days, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess my, my biggest point is not any one of the, of the, of the items is difficult. All of them together in symphony every day and then structuring your life and, making other choices so that you can make sure that you can accomplish those things. That's, that's a challenge. Like I, to me, um, some people, yeah, they probably maybe two workouts is crazy and it is a lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot to split them up and it'd be way easier to do one hour and a half or two hour workout. I and mean, I've done that, you know, thousands of times, but to split it up and it's gotta be outside. It's like, it's very, again, back to being intentional. And that's, that's something that I really love about it. Yeah, for sure. And then use your stacking challenges too. So like, I know I'm doing phase three and December chub challenge for elk shape. You've got 75 hard going, um, December chub challenge. And don't you have your own like mileage that you're running this year or something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't do, I'm not really doing a formal goal, so to speak. I mean, my, yeah, I, I have done that in the past and, and I used to be a big, I mean, going back six, eight years ago, I was a big new year's resolution guy and, I always tell my wife, I'm like, these are life resolutions. Like I'm always doing them. There's no, like, I intentionally started this now. I started it actually, right. We, I took my family on a vacation to the UK. Um, my, my oldest daughter, her name's not oldest. sorry. My oldest daughter that's home. She's our third, um, her name's London. And <clears throat> we had agreed to take her to London, England for her senior trip a few years back. And then, and then when COVID came, 
they canceled all our stuff. And so we finally were able to rebook and get back out there. And so um, we went and did that and I was out there and I just knew it, it would be really difficult to try and be there. And, you know, I had all my family, my, each one of my married kids, our grandson, I just thought the diet side of it's going to be really tough. I and mean, I ran a lot there and I did work out when I was there, but, um, but I, I told my wife, like the day we get back, like we get back Sunday night, I'm going to Monday morning, I'm starting 75 hard. And, um, so it's super inconvenient time to do it. And then the holidays and everything else, like I, and the winter and it's cold and the weather. And, and that's why I want to do it now. I don't want to wait till it's warm. I want to do it when it sucks because then I feel like, okay, like I actually, you know, I did extra. That's what I want. I want to do extra. I don't want to do less. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and that's the other thing about this. Um, there's a lot of criticism about the program. You know, there's health specialists that are like, it's too much. You're going to overwork. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's very scalable. So like today, for example, um, I combined three of the tasks. So I raked with my kids. I raked our neighbor's yard and our yard. I wore a weighted vest the entire time. Um, nice. And to try doing that. That's not fun. Yeah, different <laughs> it, deal it, for sure. It reminded me like it was just it's good to put that weighted vest on every once in a while because it reminds me I'm like, I walked around with twice this weight on my body Before a year ago. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And so nice. like, I'm like, man, no wonder my knees feel better in my back. Like, it's a good reminder every once in a while. But and then on top of that, it started a conversation with a stranger. Um, mm -hmm. We had some neighbors that just moved in across the street and I've spoken with the husband and, and their kid, but the wife came out today and we had a good like 30 minute conversation. So like all of that, it's crazy how, um, you know, people criticize this program, but it it's all scalable. And like, I didn't go run like you did today, but right. you know, I encouraged my kids to serve others. I had a conversation with a new neighbor and I got a workout in because I was out there raking for over an hour in a weighted vest. So like all of those things combined, you know, and it sounds like you're, you're understanding that as well. And you're getting that same vibe from it. It's uh, you know, you push your limits, you know, that you'd be more comfortable in the warm weather. So you want to do it during the winter because right. you want to scale it to where you're being pushed out of your, your, your limits. So I, I like that. That's awesome. Um, and then, Let's see, but I, I want to say, wasn't there a third? There was something else that you were stacking on top of December Chubb Challenge and 75 Hard, or was it those two? As if those two aren't enough, right? Yeah, yeah I, think, <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's those two okay. right now that are formal. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that I mean, that's more than I'd say probably. I've most been doing of the, the cold doing. shower thing, and I've been trying to do random acts. I'm trying to like, you know, do extra things that. I'll get to later in, in other parts of the program. I'm trying to do more of that now. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm like you, I, I just, I want to try and maximize whatever I'm working on. So if, if there's with the, with the elk shape thing, it's nice because I love shooting my bow every day anyway, and I don't get to it every single day for sure. There's definitely days that I just don't, but again, just like, just like things with 75 hard, you know, even if I'm shooting in my basement or I'm shooting in the backyard or I'm shooting, you know, like the blind bell thing right now, I mean, I'm not even aiming. I'm just, I actually put a outdoor chair up on my fire pit and threw a target on it. And I'm, I'm there under my covered patio shooting in the backyard and it's great. It's perfect. It's wonderful work and reps and 
you know, there's a lot of benefit to doing something like that. And, and if I didn't have that challenge to make me do that, I, I wasn't going to be doing that on my own. I would have gone and, you know, thrown it up in the backyard or take it up with me trail running. And, and that may only be three or four days a week. So that again, I'm just not going to do those things every day. These challenges or, or um, you know, a goal. I'm very goal oriented. I think most of us are that gives me structure to apply my effort and to hold my ego a little bit accountable because that ego can actually drive you and help you and serve you. If you can control it, you, you, you're in charge. And so if you can, if you can channel that energy and actually use it as fuel uh, instead of negativity, like you said, like instead of, you know, you're out there looking for an opportunity to help people instead of maybe you could be cussing them because they just cut you off in traffic. And, you know, um, instead you're looking for who can I push out of the snow or your mind just in a different place. So um, I, I appreciate that about these types of things. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a mindset thing. And I can imagine, um, you know, and you've talked about it too, just, just here. And, and anytime I've, I've listened to your posts or, or read your posts, um, it, it's all about mindset, you know, and it's, it's, it's crazy how, because our brain isn't technically a muscle, but it's right. constantly growing and changing and there's new folds being created and new connections. And, um, you know, I don't have the study to pull up here right now, but I've, I've read studies and, and heard of studies where, you know, they put people in like negative scenarios for a certain amount of time and then other people in positive scenarios and the difference that it makes in the literal shape of the brain, um, mm-hmm. the size of it and how it just, it just changes things. And so, you know, people talk about mindset, there's all that whole motivation, positivity, but at the same time, it's a real thing. Like motivation leads into that consistency and that, that, um, the discipline more than anything. Um, and so I, I like, I appreciate that you put out there a lot of motivation, but also you show that you're disciplined. You're not just one of those people that's like, Oh, let's get after it today, guys. You got this today. You know, you're playing you, coach, you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Today. Right. It's not just a one day thing. You've been doing this for years and, and showing that. And it's almost like a resume when you go into your Instagram where it's like, well, he's been doing this every single day and he's not just up there doing the same trail and changing shirts and pretending like he's, you know, like he's literally doing this every single day. And, uh, and so I, I, I really like that about about your page and what you put out there that it's just not fake, you know, it's, it's all real. And, and it's who you are. Um, I did want to ask what I'm, what do you do for a job? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, so I am a partner. I have three partners. Um, we have a software company that, and we do software for construction or the services companies. Basically we have a, a mobile data collection app. We collect like time and labor and production on, on construction sites. Like, you know, people are clocking in or logging their time in our system and then um, assigning that to what they're working on. Like if they're doing concrete or framing or, you know, excavation or grading or whatever it is, plumbing, um, they can track what they're accomplishing. And then that feeds into their payroll and feeds into their, their tracking system. So they know where they're profitable. And then we, we've added things like, digital forms tools so they can fill out safety or COVID questionnaire, whatever, you know, uh, you know, reimbursement for expenses or any form they want to make up in our app. And then that, that sends back to the cloud. So everybody in the office and payroll and HR has access to that data in real time as they're going. 
Um, we do equipment and tool tracking. So where's the drill or where's the backhoe or who has the truck or the skid steer or the wheelbarrow, whatever it is that the company's tracking. So we've just expanded it. I, I grew up in construction. I was a contractor and built a couple of hundred homes back in the day and did real estate and just have been around that world. And, and so um, I partnered with a couple of guys that had just started up a, a little app. Um, you know, my buddy was in construction too, and, and he's one of my partners and he said, Hey, we're kind of working on this. And this is back in 2003. So we've been doing that ever since. So I'm our chief evangelist. Now I, I was our COO for a long time in the last year. Now I do, I do all of our trade shows. I do a lot of um, speaking engagements or presentations, seminars, and then also host a podcast uh, for our business. Um, we've done we've released almost 60 episodes now. We've been doing it for a little over a year. And I just have people on from the construction industry or software for construction and talk about what they're doing and what challenges they're having. So that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So using your, your knowledge in the field actually, and, and putting that into the software, I bet they probably appreciate that a lot because you get to give that feedback personally, but then also I like that you're bringing people on and, and uh, talking to them about what, how you could get better. You know, again, going back to that mindset of instead of taking it as criticism, you're yeah. taking it as feedback, you know. Yeah, and, and actually we had um I, I was on Cody Rich's podcast with the Rich Outdoors. He's he's uh one of my favorite listens, love listening to him and and um and we invited him on our podcast and had him talk about entrepreneurship and and um starting a business and what you can do to set yourself up for success and avoid pitfalls and don't be the bottleneck. And and actually we're scheduling right now with Brian Barney. Um, who, who hosts the Eastman's elevated uh, podcast, which is another fantastic one. Um, he's, he's invited me to come on his, and then I'm also inviting him back to come on our podcast because he's a contractor and, and a business owner and an entrepreneur. And, and the, the discussion will be, and it was the same thing with Cody. It's like, how do you set your business up in a way so you can hunt more and you can have time away and you have systems in place so that when you're gone and Dan Staten is, I mean, he's huge about this. He, he loves beating this drum and it's it just music to my ears. Um, I love it when he talks about that discipline and that fiscal discipline and taking care of your family and taking care of your bills and taking care of your work so that when you're elk hunting, you're not distracted. You know, it's you're focused. And, um, and it's just, I, I, I love everything about that. So, so both Brian Barney and Cody Rich, um, you know, we're, we're having those kinds of discussions even on our podcast, which is, not hunting at all. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. And yeah, I agree with that. I loved, um, that was one of the big things at, at camp this last year that he brought Jeff Bynum and, um, who's a financial advisor and, and that, I, you know, I, I was drawn to, so as I got into bow hunting, obviously I was looking things up on YouTube and I was trying to research. So I didn't walk into to wild arrow and just look like an idiot. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so, you know, I wanted to learn some terminology and stuff. And then I, I really liked elk shape because he's very down to earth no BS. Like he's like, yeah, I'm sponsored by X, Y, Z companies, but if this other company works better for you, awesome. Go with that. Um, but this is why I use what I use right. and, uh, or this is why I do what I do. And he talks about how, you know, he's always trying to set up his, his family for success. And, and, and I love that as well. Um, that's definitely a big thing. So that that's awesome. And I, I'm going to have to tune into a couple of those podcasts. Cause I haven't, I haven't heard of um, but the rich outdoors. So I yeah. Look, oh man. Yeah. You're missing out. Him. He's got over 600 of them. 
I mean, he's boy, he's been doing it for seven or eight years. I mean, okay. just, uh, he's had so many amazing guests on and just, uh, what it's a great listen. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. And, um, that's cool. I, you know, I, I was kind of wondering what you do because you do spend a lot of time, uh, working out and, and hunting and, and all those things. So, so that's cool to know too, that you've got your own business and again, that entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I love that. That's awesome. So I, I want to wrap up here with a couple, just a couple other questions. Um, what's one thing that you one highlight from this last quarter. So last three months, which is kind of the bigger quarter for most hunters. And um, what, what's one highlight from, from your life. And then what is one thing that you're looking forward to in the next quarter, uh, next three months of your life? Wow. Okay. So highlight of my life in this last quarter. Um, I honestly, I'm, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to come across, but I'm just grateful every day for another day. I just, I'm just grateful to be here. I mean, I feel like every quarter is the best quarter ever. And if it's not, I'm working on making it. So, so I, I really, I, I guess I would just say, I mean, in, in that light, I'm grateful um, to be healthy and strong and um, focused and on my game um, in all the areas of my life that I feel like are really important. And, um, you know, I do, I, I work a lot. I have, I work out a lot. I try and hunt as much as I can. It's not as much as I'd like, but, uh, I just, when I look back, even this last hunting season, I mean, I just had some amazing experiences and, and even, even the ones that didn't end up in, in bringing meat for the freezer, I'm just learning. And so I, I just feel like, um, I'm as no, I'm more knowledgeable than I've ever been in my life this last quarter. So I'm, I'm just grateful to still be thriving and intentionally living life. Um, this next quarter, I'm, I'm excited about making it better than the last quarter. I'm excited about, um, finishing 75 hard strong and what those results are going to be. And not just because I think the scale is going to look 40 pounds lighter or whatever it is. I don't know that it'll be that, but as an example, um, but just how I expect I'm going to feel. And I'm thinking about that right now. Like when it, when I pass the little candy bowl at work or, you know, uh, my wife, she's apologetically bought some donuts or something the other day or had some ice cream and we love having peppermint ice cream every Christmas season. And, and I'm like, Hey, go to town, babe, <laughs> you know, have some for me. I, I don't care at all. Like it makes me happy if that's what you want. It's totally fine. And she's healthier than I am. She's yeah. She's been running for 30 years and she's fit as a fiddle, but, um, but I, I get, I guess really just, I'm looking forward to squeezing in another amazing, uh, next few months and, and feeling like I'm in the best shape of my life and, um, that, that my life is balanced. I mean, that's, that's really, I guess what, it's what everybody's goal is balance. Um, so. yeah, yeah, no, I, I love that too. And it's definitely, uh, that that's awesome. And that just kind of fits with who you are. There's nothing wrong with that answer whatsoever. You're just, uh, like I said, the king of positivity over here. You like just the idea that that would be your answer. Like I, I couldn't picture you answering it any differently. So, uh, just, you brought up that there's some things that are going to be inconvenient over the next couple months, um, that line up with 75 hard. 
um, like trade shows and things like that, where the diet might be a little harder, getting the workouts in might be a little difficult. So you get in the workouts, but also being on your game for presentations, things like that. Um, you're going to have to tap into your why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a question that, that we hate that two-year-olds ask because they sure. always ask so much that uh, they get to a point where we don't have an answer anymore. And we get frustrated because we don't have the answer. <laughs> yeah, right. But have you read the book? Start with why. I have not. I have heard you about should. that book. I have not read it, but I will. You definitely- should totally. Hold on, I've got it right here. Nice. My favorite book when I read, when I did cool. 75 hard the first time. Wow. So oh, you Simon should, uh, Sinek. Yeah, great. Yeah, Simon that Sinek. Makes so sense. you should. Yeah, okay. you should definitely read that book. Add that to your list, wherever okay. your list is. I'm sure you've got a good list already going. Um, but I'm going to ask you the question that that we get annoyed by two-year-olds about. What is your why? What what drives you? What is at the core when you peel away all those layers um, of everything that you've said and explained to us here? When you have those inconvenient days that are going to come up in the next you know month, two months, what is going to get you? What, like, why are you doing what you're doing? What's your why? I think it's just going back to what I was saying before, where I feel like this life on earth is finite. Like there's a date that we will all die every single last one of us. And it doesn't matter if you're Steve Jobs or, you know, uh, Elon Musk or you're a homeless guy somewhere like we, we're all have an expiration date. And I just want to squeeze all of the positive and good experiences that, that I can between that birth and death date. And I, I just, I really, truly, I want to leave this place, this rock better than I found it. And, and I, you know, I mean, I, we've all been to funerals that are very touching and, and um, inspiring and I, I've been to a bunch over the years that I look back and it's like, wow, that this guy was really, he was amazing. I feel so guilty and bad that I didn't know how amazing he was, or this lady was just incredible. And I don't want that truth to come out at my funeral. I want people to know that every day. I don't want to wait to hear the highlight reel. Like I want life's the highlight reel. What are we waiting for? Like if you're doing it, go all in like you hundred percent all the time. And yeah, people say, Oh, it's exhausting. And well, it's exhausting being lazy. Like you're, I'm, I'm more exhausted when I don't do anything than when I do more than I probably should. Like it just, I think we can feed off our own energy and we can turn it into fuel. The challenges and setbacks. Well, those are gifts. I mean, that's just a, that's an opportunity to learn and grow and things don't happen to us. They're happening for us it's, it's supposed to happen. So if it sucks, yeah, good, good. And you can improve and grow and, and become more and how much better are you going to feel after you get past something that's difficult. And so I just, I want to make sure that I take everything that sucks and use it as fuel to make me better and take as many people along that journey as I can and spread that love. And, and then I feel like I'll have given my all. That's what I want. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, couldn't have pictured a different answer coming from you, man. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know 
you're you you said you're alone in the house right now you've got a girl's night going on so you're like yeah. i can do whatever but uh thank you for choosing to to come on to my podcast man i uh I'm small and growing. And for the couple of people that download my podcast every day, <laughs> every week, um, you know, I, I, they'll appreciate it. And hopefully down the road when I've got those 600 podcasts or whatever, um, you know, I'll be sending people back to this one because this, this was awesome. Thank you so much. And um, where can people find you if they want to look you up? Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm on all the socials, you know, Michael T. Merrill on all of it. Uh, and but primarily I post stuff on Instagram and that's where I spend most of my time. And I reshare things through Twitter and, and Facebook when I do it. So I'm, I'm a little slow to get back to those sometimes when people interact there, but uh, yeah, mostly on Instagram. Um, if you, if you have any questions or need anything I could be helpful with happy to always, I mean, I have a lot of people that ask, you know, random different questions about things or um, you know, always happy to help people out and uh, give share things I've learned or, um, or learn from you if you've got something that you think that that might be helpful to me too. So awesome. Cool. Thank you. Again, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And uh yeah, you guys should go out and, and listen to his podcast and the ones that he's recommended as well. Um, and uh thank you all for tuning into this one and, and thanks again, Mike, for being on here. I didn't call you Michael again, so it ended well. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. All right, and, uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, anyway, and and as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it.